KUT's AT Explained is back with a brand new season. Our first episode, what's up with that tower in Clarksville? I've heard it called the Clarksville Eiffel Tower, the tower, the leaning tower of Clarksville, all those names. Subscribe to AT Explained wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget our next AT Explained live show at the Paramount Theater on April 3rd. Brand new stories told live on stage. Get your tickets at austintheater.org. Support for AT Explained Live comes from Meals on Wheels Central Texas and World Interiors. From KUT and KUTX Studios. This is KUT. At the corner of East 12th and Salina Streets, there's an empty lot. It's been vacant for 40 years, but for decades before that, it was a thriving East Austin institution. For our On My Block project, KUT's Audrey McGlinchey takes us there. This story's about a movie theater. Well, it is and it isn't. I say this because two people I interviewed for this story began to cry while talking about the Harlem Theater. Think on that. Imagine I asked you to tell me about a movie theater you went to as a kid. You loved it. It's no longer around. But it was just a movie theater. That's the thing, though. The Harlem wasn't just a movie theater. It was, well, you'll see. Latoya Devison is with the Austin History Center. The Harlem Theater is unique because it opened in the black epicenter of East Austin, right in the middle. So it opened on 12th Street, East 12th Street. It was at 1800 East 12th Street. It opened 1935. There are certainly hundreds of movie theaters for black audiences across the United States. Dan Striebel is a professor at New York University. But most of the vast majority of those were white-owned. Striebel wrote a chapter on the Harlem Theater for the book Black American Cinema. But uh, the Harlem Theater, as it turned out, initially was owned and operated by a black family from Austin. And so that was numerically pretty rare at the time. George and Sadie Jones opened the Harlem in an Austin drastically different from the one we know today. The city, if you could call it that, was home to just 60,000 people. Seven years earlier, city council approved a plan to push black residents east of what was then East Avenue. When it came to most of the local theaters, places like the Paramount and the Ritz, black moviegoers were also told where to stay, up in the balcony. And then the Joneses opened the Harlem to serve East Austin. Here's Devison from the Austin History Center. This is a place that you could come and feel like a full citizen and not feel like less than or three-fifths of a person still. I think the uh, entrance booth is somewhere, somewhere around right here. Ada Hardin's in her early 80s. We went to the vacant lot where the Harlem once stood. Grass and gravel crunched beneath our feet. Hardin would go to the theater as a kid in the 1940s and 50s. Back then, she'd stroll up to the corner of East 12th and Selena. Hi, welcome to the Harlem Theater. Uh, to, tonight, we're going to be showing Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. Shall we give them a workout under actual racing conditions? Let them go. Well, sit tight. Ha! Come on! A woman named Miss Josephine. Beautiful, beautiful lady would sell you your ticket for anywhere from nine cents to a quarter. And then it's going in, and there were... Concessions. Chili burgers. Oh, Lord. You could smell those from way away, even before you got to the theater. One woman told me the chili served at the Harlem was the best she'd ever had. They also sold ice cream, pecan pies, and of course, popcorn. Treats in hand, you'd head down one of two aisles to a red velvet seat. Willie Walls, a local teacher, might have shined his flashlight at you if you were talking. But other than that, it was just you and the feature.
1951, the Harlem's original owner, George Jones, died. Soon after, a man named Sam Lucchese took over. I went to the movies a lot. I grew up watching movies as a result of uh, my father owning that theater. Sally Griffin is Lucchese's daughter. She started going to the Harlem when she was in grade school. She remembers watching westerns from her seat near the projector. All the, you know, the new John Wayne movies would come there. The, I saw uh, Oklahoma there when it came out as a musical with Shirley Jones and all that group. Griffin says even at a young age, she knew the Harlem was special. It always felt like a privilege to be there and to be part of, of what, you know, as a child seemed to me like a, an important business because it was something that I understood that people enjoyed coming there. Griffin's father was the first white owner of the theater, something that was not unusual at the time. When he took over, folks tell me nothing really changed. He made it a point to be not just an absent owner of a property there or a business. He, he made himself a part of the community. When he was killed, I think that it was shock. In 1960, Lucchese was found shot in the head outside the theater. He was slumped over in his car at the engine running. The day's ticket sales were in a bag. News reports from the time say nothing appeared to have been stolen. Griffin would often help her dad close up the theater. She always had to get her mother's permission, though. And I don't remember why now, but for some reason she decided I shouldn't go that night. She, she told me I could go the next night. And um, so I didn't. And I've often wondered if that would have made a difference if I had been there. Three teenagers were arrested and charged with the murder. Griffin believes it was a robbery gone bad. It was something that obviously changed the lives of me and my mother and my brother forever. Everybody remember the murder, and they also remember when it burned out. Bertram Allen went to the Harlem as a kid. After Lucchese's death, the theater switched hands several times before shutting down briefly. New owners bought it in the early 70s. In 1973, it reopened after renovations. Six months later, the theater burnt to the ground. There are no records on what caused the fire. Nearly every person I've met who grew up in East Austin in the mid-20th century mentions the Harlem. I asked Bertram Allen to explain why. They called it ours. It was our theater. The days that we spent here and the safety that we felt and Miss Josephine and all the crew that worked here, I'm about to cry. <laughs> Back at the spot where the Harlem stood, Ada Hardin says she once thought about buying the vacant lot. But what would she have done with it? I don't know, just hold on for a minute and just kind of think about it. That's, at the very least, what the current owner of this property seems to be doing. It's a development company, and it owns nearly 40 additional properties along East 12th Street. That's nearly a quarter of the street from I-35 to Chestnut. That story, tomorrow. Guess you'll have to stay for a double feature. Audrey McGlinchey, KUT News. But that's all in the movies. It can't happen. It's all in the movie So baby don't cry
it's all.